0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. we also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Use promo code SGP at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free, and paid games for real cash prizes you can win as much as $15,000 with one entry head over to StableDuel.com to get started today and of course don't forget to download the SGPN app your home for all of our free picks and podcasts Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday evening, February 14th, here to break down some things that are happening around the NBA as well as get into the Tuesday night games. And joining me as usual on the Tuesday episodes, my main man on the East Coast, Zach Broner. Zach, how are you feeling this Monday evening, my man?
1: I'm feeling good, man. I've been real busy, but uh, know that the uh, the trade deadline was last week, Super Bowl last night, so it's full go-ahead towards these playoffs, and um, I- I'm pumped to get into it today, so it should be a fun show.
0: Yeah, a lot of stuff happening, not only in NBA, but all around uh, sports, like you mentioned. We had the Super Bowl. Uh, I know we were talking offline. You hit a uh, nice golf out right with Scheffler. Um, we had the NBA trade deadline, like, like you mentioned, I know the uh, NBA Slack channel and SGPN. Has been popping off since the trade deadline happened, and you've been popping in with your thoughts as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll get some of your thoughts, and you know, we'll we'll do our usual conversation, like two old men just kicking back and talking about the NBA, and we'll get into the Tuesday night games as well for the um, schedule. Uh, Zach, let's just start with the NBA trade uh, deadline, brother. Uh, we, We covered it in some of the other pods, but. I know you are, you know, I've, I've touted you as being the guy that finds those underrated players, and we had a lot of players on the move, right? Um, you know, we had the big trade with James Harden. We had some of the young talent like Tyrese Halliburton go into the Indiana Pacers, Sabonis, and all that good stuff. Um, I'm going to kick it to you, man. Which trade do you want to talk about first? I know you said you had some rapid-fire questions with me. Do you want to start with that, or you want to try to get into some of these trades first?
1: No, yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously the I, – I, I think – I think, and I was even finding this myself. I don't know about you. I listen to a lot of other shows, obviously about the NBA, and I feel like there were there were a lot of consistent takes out there. And I think for me, it's like at this point now, it's like I want to look forward to the rest of the year, and I'm excited to kind yeah. of. I'm really pumped for like a week from now, or I mean, it's going to be longer than that with the All Star break and also some of the availability concerns, especially with Harden and Ben Simmons. But looking back and saying, okay, how are these early fits looking? But to me, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that these playoffs are so wide open there is no super team this like and all the talk about the last half decade or even even more than that has been about how oh the nba is so predictable you know it was warriors Cavs every year yeah then you know lebron and ad teamed up then like the the nets looked inevitable before last year's playoffs kind of got derailed by injuries so i think this is a year where we're gonna see hopefully many teams at full strength that all are going to look in the mirror and say hey, we have a real shot to win this thing. And I think that's really exciting. Um, so that, that's kind of my biggest takeaway from the trade deadline. I mean, I, I liked what I liked the Kings. What the Kings did, uh, I thought that was kind of a counter to a lot of the public discussion. I, I think Sabonis has looked good there. They've won their first two games playing the Nets tonight. So I did like that trade. But I wanted to ask you. I mean, I think for me, what I'm trying to kind of figure out: if you had to separate the Eastern Conference into tiers of likelihood of winning the title where would you kind of put your where, where would you put your lines and in, in between what teams i guess that's kind of the first thing i want to get your sense of
0: okay um so here let me pull up the standings here yeah do that i guess i'll break it down by like tier one tier two and tier three um i think for me right now i think that i only have two teams in the tier one and that's gonna be the milwaukee bucks and the miami heat and i think those two teams right now um look like they obviously with the bucks you know defending champions uh didn't really have many roster moves i know they picked up Serge Ibaka, they traded away dante Divincenzo. doesn't look like brooke lopez is going to be back for them this season coming off you know the back surgery uh but drew Holiday, chris milton the, the core guys are still there right and i think that you still have to give them a, a tip of the hat in this eastern conference and then the miami heat man um you know i, I think pat riley in that front office has done a fantastic job of not only bringing in a championship-caliber player like p- point guard uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, he brings that veteran leadership. You pair him with a guy like um, Jimmy Butler. And then the pieces around him, right? Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, P.J. Tucker they brought over. that that Just having that veteran leadership uh, in that locker room and having those that gritty group that they can lock down a team on any given night, I think this is going to be a very, very tough out uh, are the Miami Heat. So I think those are my two teams as Tier 1 um, tier two, I, I think you kind of have to throw in – now you kind of throw in the Brooklyn Nets because, again, KD will be back with the whole Kyrie situation. We're not going to know if these mandates of this, the vaccination is going to continue or there's going to be lifted. I think we briefly discussed that last week. Um, so I'll throw Philly and Brooklyn into that category. <clears throat> I think an underrated team right now for me that I also throw in into that tier – it's probably the Toronto Raptors, and, and they got off to oh. a very slow start um, this season. I know a lot of teams dealt with the health and safety protocols. Uh, they picked up Scotty Barnes in the draft, and they're starting to look like, I think, the team that maybe that front office envisioned, Nick Nurse envisioned, fans kind of envisioned, and they're playing at a whole level. So I'll, I'll start there. Uh, uh, tier one, and those are my tier two teams right now. Uh, what do you think?
1: So you don't have – did you have Philly in tier
0: two? Yes, I Philly, Brooklyn, and Toronto in tier two. Okay, yeah, I mean,
1: I I agree with you on the on the Milwaukee Miami situation. I think what's interesting about that, I've heard a lot of people saying that, Mm -hmm. but the Miami Heat are still the fourth highest rated team in like the Eastern Conference odds. Like I, I, you know, and the odds are varied place to place, but pretty much everywhere is Bucks as the favorite, then Brooklyn, then Philly, and then Miami at four. And I think, I I think Miami, I would put them right there in tier one with that. I I think for me I would probably make my tier one bigger, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at okay. in my re- reaction to the trade deadline. I think that if you look at Philly, or, or I don't want to start with Philly because I I don't actually love this trade for them, um, mm-hmm. but Milwaukee, Miami, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Boston, I, I would I would put all those teams kind of in a tier together where I could re- I could really see any of those teams kind of beating each other in a series, and I almost want to include. And this might this might be a team that I think is forgotten. And I do want to kind of tout them as potentially a team to get down on right now is the Atlanta Hawks okay. as a team where if the Atlanta Hawks line up in a, in a playoff series with Philadelphia this year, like there's no fear there. And we saw them take that yeah. series last year. You know, we saw them test Milwaukee last year. Like, I feel like they can kind of still factor in here, even though they're at 10 better point differential than a couple of teams above them um and to me atlanta is kind of a forgotten team now they have been sluggish all year obviously and they had never hit that turbo button to kind of race to the standings but they're still a team that i think factors in and i think boston is a team that's boston and toronto like you said but especially boston playing the best basketball of anyone in the conference um and that's not even to mention like cleveland and chicago so i think it's just like it's just really crowded right now. And I think that this conference is going to be, is fin- going to be really interesting to watch. But in light of that, I did want to say, I mean, I think I'm going to be taking Eastern conference futures on Boston and Atlanta. I'm, I'm looking at, at one book right now. It says Atlanta at 36 to one and Boston at 18 to one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's compared to, you know, like single digits, obviously for your, for your Milwaukee, Brooklyn and, and Philly and Miami. But I, I, And that's not even to mention Chicago, the team that was kind of a darling early still in the two seed. Like right. I haven't even heard, I haven't heard them mentioned like in any, in any capacity coming off the deadline, coming off everything, um, potentially getting Pat Williams back, really good home team. Yeah. Um, and with like a playoff type piece uh, in DeMar DeRozan. So yeah. I just think the Eastern conference is fascinating. And I mean, I guess I kind of see where you're at based on, you only having Miami and Milwaukee in a tier, but like a, a Celtic Sixers playoff series, who do you think you'd be taking? Oh,
0: man. It's tough because, I mean, gun to my head, I would probably take Philly just because they do have Joel Embiid and James Harden. Now, the caveat is that James Harden, we've seen him kind of disappear in playoffs for lack of better words. Um, but I, I think the change of scenery maybe rejuvenates him. Uh, you know, now he's paired up with Daryl Morey. He got his guy, um, you know, another dynamic duo that's now formed in the Eastern Conference. Boston has kind of been inconsistent for me. I know they kind of finally starting to uh, find their stride here. Um, they got off to a slow start in the beginning of the year, but, you know, they now, what, eight in a row here have the Boston Celtics? Yeah. Um, they're kind of, they have a, a easier schedule left for the rest of the season. Um, but right now, for me, I would still take Philly, uh over boston in a playoff series right now
1: yeah i would i would think i would maybe lean boston there but okay. uh, i mean we're kind of all over the place right now with my reaction but my my point is i mean i think that the eastern conference from the first round is going to be like it's going to be actually really fun to break down these series and being like who's going to win these eight. it's not like you have orlando that's just happy to be there in the eighth spot or something yeah. like that yeah. your reward for the one seed it, looking right now, might be Brooklyn or Toronto or Atlanta, and like I don't think anyone's safe is my point. I mean, like if, if Milwaukee matched up with Atlanta in the one eight, like would it shock you if Atlanta won that series? Uh, to me, no. Yeah. Um, and and there's no team that's invincible, and that's what's really exciting about these playoffs. Should be good from the first round on um, in the East, and I think that Harden Simmons trade kind of distributed. Um, a bit of the talent i think it elevated philly maybe brought down brooklyn a little bit but added you know two really solid teams and look i said this in the slack channel i'm i love to zag on some of these players Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm a huge ben simmons fan now i'm 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 really really excited to see ben hopefully um put this kind of situation behind him and play the best basketball of his career in a winning situation where he has a lot to prove um but a roster around him that I think is going to really accentuate what he brings to the table.
0: I think the key for Ben Simmons is that when he was in Philly last year with Joel Embiid, he had to be that second guy. And Ben Simmons does a lot. Of, ben Simmons does a lot of great things defensively, maybe distributing the basketball, setting up the offense. We, we know that offensively he's, he's a little bit of limited, you know, he doesn't have a jump shot. He can't finish around the basket, but I think he's in a situation now in Brooklyn where he doesn't have to be a scorer, He doesn't have to be that second best player. When you have a healthy Kevin Durant and if Kyrie, you know, does or does get vaccinated or whatever happens down the line in the future with the, with the mandates that are in, you know, New York and and Manhattan, like we talked about last week, um, he doesn't have to, he can just go out and play defense. He improves his defense significantly, giving them a perimeter defender um, and then let like go, Kyrie and and Ked just go out and score and beat the scores that they can. Drop twenty five a night where you just concentrate on the defensive end and lock up this, the best you know perimeter player for opposing team. You know, matching up with a guy like James Harden or Giannis or Chris Middleton and and those type of guys, right? And they also added another lethal shooter with Seth Curry. So the Joe Harris situation, I think he had a setback, may not be back in time. For the rest of the season, they did pick up Seth Curry. And they also, let's not forget, they picked up Andre Drummond. I think that's a pretty big pickup for them as well uh, off the bench. So the the depth that they needed, the Brooklyn Nets picked up. Let's also forget, they picked up two first-round picks as well in this deal for James Harden. So we know a lot of times we talk about winners and losers of a trade. For this season and, and maybe the next season or two, I think both teams got better. But I think at the end of the day, I still with those two draft picks that the Brooklyn Nets picked up. I I think that they probably won the steal. But again, the whole thing was Daryl Morey going out and getting his guy in James Harden. Um, And no, we caught the news today that James Harden is probably not going to make his debut or is not going to make his debut till after the All-Star game. And he's not participating in the All-Star game as well. Yeah. There's probably reasons that he doesn't want to face Kevin Durant and and maybe the scrutiny that he's getting. So he's skipping out. Um, But we did see him at practice today with the Philadelphia 76ers. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that... I said this that when we, me and Terrell, were talking about the twenty twenty two predictions, that James Harden wasn't going to be in a Brooklyn that's uniform next season. I didn't think it was going to be this soon, but here huh. we are.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really incredible how fast it happened. And honestly, I mean, credit to him for getting what he getting out of that situation, getting what he wanted. I mean, he you got to give credit to him and how he you know gets this all done. You know, yeah. accomplishes what he wants. I think um, for Brooklyn, I mean, I think to me, what's going to be interesting is. Philadelphia, right? Their half court playoff offense has been just weird, clunky, not not smooth whatsoever in the playoffs every single year we've been there. And I think Ben became the scapegoat for that because that 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 missed dunk to pass play became like the imagery of that of that Sixers area era. And I think a lot of the blame for the half-court offense issues were placed squarely on Ben's shoulders. I think it's gonna be really fascinating to see if Philly is still weird in the playoffs offensively because they're led by like a groundbound center like Joel. And like, is Joel the problem in Philly for the, for their playoff offense? Um, or was Ben the problem? And is Ben going to bring those problems to Brooklyn? Like, I think the, uh, the theory of Brooklyn is actually, like you said, it's a really fast, free flowing team. Ben can get downhill, surrounded by shooters um, and and. and you know, be focused on those kickout looks to shooters instead of having to go be a scorer himself. And I think, you know, Kevin Durant's a guy who, and Kyrie Irving can thrive off those spot-up opportunities um, or continue to drive themselves. I think it's one wrinkle is if they can credibly defend with Ben Simmons at center, um, that becomes really scary because then you can make Ben your only non-shooter on the floor and all those spacing issues kind of go away. Like, uh, if you can play, you know, Ben and and KD together as, as your two bigs and then, you know, whatever they have between seth uh patty mills and, and joe harris three of the best shooters in the world obviously we'll see what what's up with, with joe harris's health yeah. um but yeah I'm, I'm curious to see that and to me i'm also curious to see like how good are are, are cleveland you know they carisle vert and that's a nice pickup like how good are cleveland toronto and chicago i guess would be my question because those are like the, the three new teams to the to the bunch um um, and I, I'm, I'm giving Atlanta the benefit of the doubt that they will eventually get in, um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be really really fascinating. I think the the deadline was awesome. I, I think it was probably the most consequential deadline I can remember. Uh, you yeah. add in add in the Sabonis trade, add in the CJ McCollum trade. Quietly, the Blazers have like held on to that ten spot. It would be pretty crazy if neither Sacramento or New Orleans got got into the play in after they made those deals, um, but. All around, I think what this deadline was so great is it just really set the table for an awesome sprint at the playoffs. I don't, I don't know if you – anything that you wanted to get to specifically, but I'm just excited about where the league stands right now.
0: Yeah, I think kind of going back to the top of your point where you made um, that the championship window – or not the window, but there's not a clear-cut favorite, at least in the Eastern Conference. Right now, right in the Western Conference, we can say, okay, Phoenix and the Golden State Warriors. Right and right now, the Warriors are still without Draymond Green. Um but it, again, in the Eastern Conference, those one that one through seven is separated by five games, Zach. That's crazy. I, I don't remember a, yeah. a a a time like this where seven teams are only separated by five games. And you take a look at the Western Conference, the same one through seven. Right now, the seventh seed is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're 16 and a half games out of first place. And right now, Phoenix Suns have a four and a half game lead over the Warriors in that two spot. I did want to get your thoughts on, um, I know you said that you liked what the Kings did, but um, there was a lot of chatter post-trade that a lot of executives didn't know that Tyrese Halliburton was available in trades. And the name that was coming up out of the camp for the Sacramento Kings organization was De'Aaron Fox, and the trade for Tyrese Halliburton kind of came out of the left field what was kind of your initial reaction, and how do you think this? I guess kind of sets up with both teams. We can start with maybe Indiana with now Chris Duarte there, Tyrese Halliburton, and if they hanged on to Malcolm Brogdon, what were your thoughts on that? That trade?
1: I thought it was surprising, and I think I think Tyrese Halliburton, to me, a great young player, probably a bit overrated. Um, like in terms of, like if I, I'll ask you this, what are the odds that Tyrese Halliburton ever becomes as good as Doma Sabonis already is?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't... It's hard to It's hard to make a prediction right now, obviously, but it's only, what, his second year in the league? I don't know. I don't think he becomes as great as Sabonis does because Sabonis... He's really he good. A Sabonis triple, is really... Yeah. Double. He's a walking triple-double. And, and he's um, only 25. And that's the crazy part, right? That there's still he's still entering his prime or is currently in his prime right now, where he still has two, three, four years, five years, six years still to go. And I think it's a solid building block with him in, in uh, deer and Fox um, at that, you know, kind of your corner store pieces. You have Davion on Mitchell. I know you're very high on him. I think that he brings that defensive element to this team. And I think at the end of the day, that the, the Kings had to make a decision when they drafted Davion Mitchell, that they were going to, they get, they were going to have Mitchell, Fox and Halliburton at some point they were going to have to move on from one of those guys. And, and I think that it it became the, the, the odd man out was going to be Halliburton, but I was surprised to see that for myself.
1: Yeah, definitely a shocking trade. I think Halliburton, obviously like, He's beloved on NBA Twitter and that sort of thing. So I think there was definitely an immediate pile on on the Kings. Sure. I think you could definitely criticize like the merit of chasing the play in, which is kind of what it seems like was part of the motivation for this deal. But I do think that Sabonis makes them better um, early on. Like early returns are really good for the way he's helping that offense flow. Um, De'Aaron Fox is also you know playing well with Sabonis. I think that's exciting. I mean, if you can get Fox to be accentuated in a good way by Sabonis, that kind of removes some of this thing of getting rid of Halliburton sure. and like what, what he brought to the table. Um, so I thought, I thought it was a nice move by, by, by both teams. Obviously, I think Indiana did really well at the deadline, getting the first round pick for Levert, yeah. um, getting Halliburton in um, like they, they, they oriented towards the future in, in a nice way. And now you have Halliburton, you have some more, f- some more first round picks. I think getting rid of Sabonis, we're finally going to see what Miles Turner can look like as a standalone big, like that's what everybody's wanted. And he's like, the total modern center because he shoots threes on offense and he protects our rim on defense, like the ideal combination. Um, so I, I, I like, I like that trade for both teams. I think it was a a, dead, a, a trade deadline of, of trades that I liked for both teams. I think that kind of feeds into the questions of why did Eric Gordon not get moved? Why did Harrison Barnes not get moved? Why did um, Jeremy Grant not get moved? That I think they were teams that had rightfully high asking prices yeah. and, but the buyers didn't want to meet those, those high prices. And that kind of led to the lack of lopsided deals. Um, yeah. like, you know, CJ McCollum only got one first round pick. I think new Orleans like wanted to go win. they got in a win now player, Portland got a solid return, um, for him and, and Josh Hart's obviously already playing well in Portland, but I think we saw a lot of fair trades, a lot of trades that I liked how b- both teams came out. Um, and I mean, except for that Porzingis trade and that one's really hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but i don't i don't even know what how i feel about that trade um, but overall it was it was, it was a, a good deadline i think it did a good job of kind of redistributing some things and um defining who the kind of teams that are pushing forward and teams that are pushing backward this year
0: yeah um i i can talk i can attest to this at the rockets wanted at least a minimum of a first round pick in return for uh eric gordon and i like you mentioned the asking price may have been too high for other teams um and again that also you know we had the report came out after the trade deadline that the rockets were willing to take on russell westbrook but they wanted a first round pick in return for john wall and again the lakers didn't want to meet those um asking prices by the rockets and you know they still have Eric Gordon on this roster again same thing with Jeremy Grant so maybe it'll be a more of an interesting offseason uh when you know some of these teams are making moves you know I think Eric Gordon is definitely going to be on the move Jeremy Grant we'll see those names kind of on the move and against negotiations in the off season as well um I wanted to get your last thoughts before we get into the Tuesday games is um where does Portland kind of go from here with Damian Lillard and now you know CJ McCollum is gone it's Right now, the starters look. It's like it's a it's a pretty much a G League squad, Zach. And you know, does this open the door for them to acquire another superstar? I, I don't think anybody wants to go to Portland, but at the same time, Damian Lillard knows that his window is closing to win a championship. Um, whether obviously with the with the Portland tributes now, he's probably not there. But do you see he's on the move, or are they going to completely like build it or build a team around him now?
1: Yeah. If I, if I had to guess how this ends, I I think Dame will probably be somewhere else next season. Um, It just doesn't seem like they have, even with the, the, the reset that they, that they accomplished, it doesn't seem like they have enough to like be really good next year. Um, I know they were talking about maybe trading for Jeremy Grant. Like, I don't, I don't think they have enough ammo, like you said, to bring in a championship winning team around Dame. I think it makes more sense to if, if I think you, you give Dame the option because of what he's meant to that franchise. Yeah. Um, and he's earned the right to do this, but you give him the option kind of which direction you want to go. I think it makes sense for them to go towards the future. Um, that being said, it's a, it's a long, it's a scary road to rebuild, especially in a small market. And they don't have a player on their roster that they can say and sell to the fan base. This is who we're building around. Right? Like, I mean, I think Ant Simons is a nice young piece. Um, but Ant Simons is not Jalen green or Cade Cunningham or, you know, Shea Alexander. Um, you know in terms of if you can say this is the guy who's going to like be the centerpiece of this whole situation you still need to go find that guy which is really hard um and that's that that's like step 1 of the rebuild and they and they haven't gotten there yet so I, and dame is that guy he's obviously just not in the same timeline so be interesting to see kind of where all these rebuilds go i mean right now you have basically indiana orlando and detroit yeah. um detroit i would take has the best situation is cuz you have cade um orlando i mean they have some nice pieces but no star yet Tyrese Halliburton we'll see what he can be for Indiana Mm -hmm. and then similarly out west I mean you have the Spurs who kind of seem to signal a bit towards a rebuild they have a ton of nice pieces but no true star and then you have Jalen Green and um you have Shea Gilgis and, and Giddy in OKC so a lot of rebuilds that will be interesting to monitor over the next few years and I think for Portland it's probably headed that direction but they need to find those core pieces um that they can start to rebuild this thing around, you know?
0: Yeah. So I was in this conversation with one of my buddies and I think that a lot of times people just have this expectation that you, every team has to be competitive. Every team is going to be good. and It's just not going to happen in the NBA, right? Like, oh no, of course. There's going to be teams that I think a lot of casual fans may not understand that there's going to be teams like my hometown team right now. We're going through that rebuilding phase. It's going to take two, three, four years for this team to start competing again we have the James Harden era. We had the Russell Russell Westbrook. We had Chris Paul, Dwight Howard. We went through it, and Daryl Morey did his best to build that championship roster. You know, injury got in the way, or or a shooting slump in the playoffs got in the way of that. But and now we're going through it. So it's gonna you know there's gonna be teams that are gonna they're gonna go through that rebuilding phase, and and for some teams like Sacramento, it takes longer than uh, than some other teams, Detroit and Orlando. You could throw in there as well, but um yeah it was definitely a fun trade deadline uh zach i mean you know the the big move obviously with james harden and kp on the move as well as the halliburton trade and cj McCollum on the move but i'm definitely looking forward to the offseason as well i think we'll, we'll get probably a lot more uh, crazy signings or trades that happen um in the nba anything else you wanted to touch on um, maybe it's outside the trade deadline or anything else uh, you want to get off your, or get off your chest i'm sorry
1: i i I still believe in the Lakers. I'll say that. <laughs> I still, I still believe in the Lakers. I still believe in the Hawks. Okay. Um, I'm still, I'm, 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 And i we talk about this in the Slack channel and I think it's probably maybe a good place to end. I mean, the Lakers having done nothing um, my whole life following the NBA has been defined by the inevitability of LeBron in the playoffs and how, you know, you, he finds a way to be the best player in the world every single time. And yeah. um, I think, it's going to be put to the test this year. Like, can, he, can they get out of this? They're in a huge hole. They're in the nine seed. Like you said, 20 and a half games behind Phoenix. Negative point differential. Three and seven their last ten. The Russ move didn't work. The roster is barren. Um, is LeBron still inevitable? I think it's it, it's it's tough to say. I think the obvious answer is no, but I still have that little piece of doubt in the back of my mind, and I'm still a believer for now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Again, if they get into the play-in tournament where you only have to win one game and get into the playoffs, um, 100 times out of 100, I will pick LeBron James to win that one game. But the bigger question then comes, similar to kind of last year, I think we discussed this last week, was that in the seven-game series against Golden State or Phoenix, are they going to be able to, barring injuries, are they going to be able to beat any of those or beat those two teams in the first round, I'm not so sure yet. But I think Terrell made a great point this morning on the NBA pod that the Lakers now know this is a group that we have. Now it's put up or shut up time yeah. for them, right? And I, the, the, the Terrell mentioned that the report came out that they had a great practice uh, post-trade deadline. Uh, these are the guys that we have. They were competitive in that game against the Golden State Warriors on Saturday night. Only thing for the Lakers is that they do have one of the toughest schedules remaining in the NBA. So now it's time for two of the five or six, seven best players in the NBA and LeBron James and Anthony Davis to go out and and try to make a run here and, and kind of stay within that, you know, that seven to 10 range there. So we know they're going to be there at what point, you know, or what seat do they end up at? So I think that that's what it is for the Lakers right now. Um, Let's put a bow on that, Zach. Um, I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot more things, as we kind of progress through the season here, as we approach the all-star break as well. Um, I know we still have one more division to uncover. We have promised we will get into that next week when there, where there's no game. So we'll we'll take a look at the Pacific division, uh, win totals, futures, uh, championship conference, all that good stuff. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll dive into this Tuesday night schedule in the NBA. We're brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Louisiana, and New York. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays, live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving away larger payout opportunity. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $10, win 200. Download Bet. Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit WynNBet.com to start winning today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is back as a sponsor for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and I am super excited to announce Manscaped Launcher Ultra Premium Collection. Guys, believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about the rest of your body. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the belt, the waist. Now trust them with the rest of you. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with promo code SG. We all know how essentially the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. I got it. I loved it. And their advanced skin safe technology reduced cuts for your most delicate areas. But now... We're taking it to the next level with Manscaped, guys. Oh boy, for perfect grooming routine with the Ultra Premium Collection. This package includes Manscaped Premium deodorant, not just for your balls, but it's for them stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum free, and smells like their signature scent. Hydrating body moisturizer. Have tattoos or issues with dry skin? Look guys, we all do. Let's take care of it. It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. You have that special person in your life, you wanna look good, you wanna smell good, and you don't wanna have dry hands, trust me. And also their body wash lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel they have a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step plus manscape is throwing in a free gift a pack of three set of lip balms that's made with ingredients such as vitamin e peppermint and some special oils to keep them chappers feeling moist nobody wants to kiss a cactus, guys. So get in, get into the Manscaped Ultra Premium Collection. That's four products, a gift, like I just mentioned. What a hell of a score. All these products are crucially free. They're vegan friendly and dye free. The best ingredients with zero mines. And I recommend going in this order. So first, hop into the shower, scrub a dub dub that body down, get all that nasty stuff off of you with that Manscaped body wash. Lather up your hair with that two in one shampoo and conditioner. To keep your noggin togging dry off and spray on that hydrating body moisture to reinvigorate that dry skin look guys i know we all get dry skin let's take care of it and let's put on that manscaped deodorant but like i said them stinky ass armpits nobody likes a stinky man so pop that manscaped lip balm on and man I'm telling you guys the ladies are gonna be wanting to jump on you so head over to manscaped.com. Use promo code SGP. Not only will we get 20% off of your order, but also free shipping worldwide. Promo code SGP. That's 20% off. Free shipping with SGP at manscaped.com only. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. All right, coming off of the break here, I believe we have a six or seven game schedule on Tuesday night. So let's just dive right into it, Zach. Uh, the first game on the board on Tuesday night is going to be between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers, where I'm currently seeing an opening line on win bet of Boston favored by one point with a total of a 210. Let me check the injury report <clears throat> for both of these teams. Uh, for the Sixers, we know James Harden will not make his debut until after the All-Star break. Um, and I do not see one for the Boston Celtics. Um, let's start with the side here, Zach. All, they, they,
1: they, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that they, they were totally clean in their game yesterday against the Hawks, so I, it should be pretty clean again.
0: Okay. They don't play tonight, yeah. I don't believe, right? No, they don't. Uh, okay. So let's start with the side there. Boston favored by one point uh against the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: Oh man, I mean, this is this is a phenomenal game. Um I, I understand the line um yeah. with, with Boston being favored now. I mean, they I don't even know if it's quiet, like they're nine and one in their last 10, 18.2 net rating in their last 10 games, 95.4 defensive rating. That's more than 10 points, per 100 possessions better than the next best team. Yeah. Um, like it's been diabolically good. Th- this defense um starting to kind of figure out a little bit on offense. The Derek white acquisition looks, I mean, he fits right into their culture, great defender and guy with a little bit of on ball juice, but also can knock down threes playing off of the Jays. Um, So, to me, I mean, is this the buy point back? I mean, Boston's favored in Philly, and they, you know they have a worse record than Philly. Philly, basically, I mean, they're missing Seth Curry. He'd been he'd been in and out of the lineup with injuries, anyways. I mean, yeah. it's not like uh, that they're really missing much, um, other than James Harden. But you know, if you consider him replacing Ben, they never had Ben in the first place. So, I think. I still kind of want to take Boston here. I, I I like the matchup for them against Philly. Philly's kind of limited offensively. I think Boston can really flex their defensive muscle. Um, also kind of make a statement going to the all-star break that, you know, they are this team, whereas Philly's kind of in a holding pattern until James gets back. Um, you know, basically uh, laying the one point here, you know, basically a pick. I think I think Boston gets this done. I think right now, especially without James having come back yet, even though this is a spot where I would typically like to back that that home dog, uh, I'm going to go with Boston here and trust how well they've been playing as they, that that being real.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think right now for Bo- or for Philly, it's just let's get into this all star break. Uh, and then after that, we come back and, and we uh, we have uh, James Harden on the roster. Right. Um, like you mentioned and we mentioned that the Boston Celtics have won eight games in a row, the number one defensive rated team over the last 10 games you know we can argue that it's not been against the greatest competition but you play who's in front of you right and uh Jason Tatum looks great Jalen Brown you know led by those guys um I I don't disagree with this I think that there's going to be a bit of an adjustment period for Philly until they get James Harden the supporting cast after Joel Embiid especially without Seth Curry now I know they had Tyrese Maxey but offensively, I think they're going to be a little limited in this game until, like I said, they get hardened. So I I think Boston, this is a play for me on Boston as well. I do like the under in this game as well at uh, 210 um, as far as the total goes. Any thoughts on that total, Zach?
1: I think I like it under as well. Uh, Boston 9-4 and against the spread as an away favorite um, Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, So nice little trend there. And I I also think potentially targeting – Tyrese Maxey to go under some of his props in this game. Sure. Um, I think Marcus Smart is a guy who has really ramped it up defensively. He's been like a, a just so good on defense. Uh, I watched that Nuggets game there night where he was just absolutely clamping anybody. Um, so if he does draw that Tyrese Maxey um, assignment with limited help alongside him, I think we could see Philly struggle offensively. So, yeah, I mean, Celtics in the under, um, I think that looks, that looks pretty good. I'm really excited to see this game. I mean, I think it's going to be a good test for Boston and how much they've risen now being favored in Philly um, at this point in the season.
0: Uh, I know we're recording. We usually record a a day early for the Tuesday games, and obviously lines do move. But what number – I know one of our listeners reached out and said, you know, what number would you play these sides up to? So let's say Boston gets to minus three by tomorrow. At what number would you think about taking Philly at that point or making a no bet on Boston at that point?
1: Um, I would probably make it a no bet around three, and then I would you know if it, if it gets to like four, I would take I would look at Philly okay. Um, so you're about so to I think you know if you're two keeping and a half. yeah, yeah, okay around two and a half. I'm much I'm more of a reactor to numbers than a than a maker of numbers. I mean yeah. it does depend, but um, yeah, around there,
0: all right. Uh, let's get over to the next game, Zach. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Headed to the ATL to take on the Atlanta Hawks, where currently the opening number is on-win bet. Cleveland Cavaliers, a minus-two-point road favorite against the Hawks, currently seeing a total of 219.5. Let's get to the injury report. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable for this game for the Atlanta Hawks. John Collins is going to be out with a right foot strain, and then Sharif Cooper is also out. He's on two-way assignment. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Laurie Marketing continues to be out with a right ankle sprain. Uh, and I think Darius Garland should be back. Uh, Zach, have you seen any news on him? I don't see him currently listed on the injury no. report.
1: Yeah, I was, I was actually going to say that's really encouraging for Cleveland that he's not on the injury report because he had spent, I think, like five or six straight games questionable yeah. um, and being game time decision when it comes down to that, that sore back that he's had. Hopefully that starts to clear up a little bit. Um, the DeLon Wright, injury he's questionable that that is potentially a little bit of a concern just given the lack of guard depth that that uh Atlanta has like you're probably looking at Skylar Mays in that situation um if if DeLon Wright can't go with obviously John Collins out um I I do think though you know kind of a similar similar type of spot to that first game that Boston Philly game right Mm -hmm. um here and I think for me it's going to be not the opposite approach I'm, I'm all over Atlanta here plus the two um as the home dog. I mean, to me, it's like I respect Boston more than I respect Cleveland. Um, at this point in the season, I'm also pretty high on Atlanta. It seems like compared to the market, but Atlanta, they've been they've been good at home. They've struggled on the road. Um, they've now lost a couple in a row, but I thought they looked pretty good in that game against Boston. Boston really flexed their muscle defensively in the, in the second half. Atlanta only scored 40 points in the second half. It um, was a rough shooting night for Atlanta. Um, but, I mean, I still like what this lineup can do. Even without John Collins, it'll give you a little bit of a different look with Gallinari, um, and then uh, Onyeko Kong has also been really, really good, uh, kind of rising up. So they will miss John Collins and his ability to kind of um, be another punchy rim attacker, uh, you know, along with Trey. But I think Atlanta plus two here is looking like early contender for my lock of the of the night.
0: Yeah, I, I think these two teams uh, did already match up earlier this season. Let me double-check this. Uh, yeah, so back on – this was the second game of the season. Atlanta lost 101-95, and then they also matched up um, – let's see here. Cleveland on December 31st on New Year's Eve. And uh, Atlanta actually won that game 121-118 as a two-point underdog as well in that game. Um yeah, I think that it might take a game or two for Darius Garland to kind of get his feet back under him and kind of get up to game speed and get his win back. Um, you know, we saw they lost four other, or sorry, the Cleveland Cavaliers were kind of limited offensively, but they found defensively to win games. Right. I mean, these final scores, you kind of take a look at when they won were 102, 101 against Charlotte, 98, 85 against Indiana, 105, 92 against San Antonio. Um, they did have an offensive outbreak against the Indiana Pacers, but who's not right now? And then again, last game against Philly, <laughs> 103-93. So if you like Cleveland in this game, I would probably tag on the under. Um, but like you said, Zach, I, I think this is a time for Atlanta to if they want to get into the playoffs, they got to start winning some of these games. And um, they are 15 and 14 at home against the spread. Not much to go off of there, 2 and 3 against spread as home underdogs. Um, I'll... <sighs> Go ahead.
1: I was. I was gonna say. I don't really. The more I look at this, I don't understand why Cleveland is favored in this game. I mean, I. I, okay. I Like, shouldn't this be a pick at at best?
0: I would think so. Yeah, I think the questionable attack for McDonald's is kind of what's making me nervous here. Um, uh,
1: yeah, I think that's Definitely.
0: Yeah, I would lean with. To. Yeah, I would lean with Atlanta as well. Just I, I like taking home underdogs, like you mentioned earlier. Um, but I, I think, yeah, this is a good spot for Atlanta here. Um, I know Darius Garland, like we mentioned, is going to be back. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it seems tricky, but I'll lean with the home underdog here. I don't, I don't have much else for this game. Um, anything else, man? I Am I too high on
1: the Hawks? Like, I, I, I feel like no. people like, look, they, they, it's a matter of fact, right? That they're 26 and 30. They have not been good this year. Um they can't they can't stop anybody, and like they, they still have all the same concerns that kind of plagued them before they kind of got people to buy in in the playoffs last year um but I'm just not ready to give up on them, but look they're they are they haven't performed to the same quality as as these other teams that we've been talking about as the Eastern Conference contenders, and that, that includes Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland is has been significantly better. Um, point differential is, you know, like five or six points higher than Atlanta's. But to me, I, I still believe in Atlanta, and um, I, I would put them right there with, with Cleveland and, and catching points at here. I love the spot for them uh, going into the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, you still have, obviously, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, uh, De- uh, DeAndre Hunter, Danilo Gallinari, Clint Capella, um. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I think that it, this might be the Trey Young show here tomorrow night, and and I think that he probably wheels his team to a victory against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers as an underdog. What's your um? What's your layoff price if this does turn? Let's say Atlanta's. You like Atlanta either way. What's your buy price?
1: Atlanta minus three. I would I would feel less good less good about it.
0: Okay. Uh, so, anything on the total you have?
1: Uh, no. Maybe lean under. I mean. The Hawks, uh, ha- they get, they get shut down kind of by Boston and Cleveland likes to play those lower total games, like you mentioned. So I would lean under, but, um, focus on the Hawks here.
0: All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game. Zach, we have the Dallas Mavericks headed to South beach to take on the Miami heat where I'm currently seeing this as a pick 'em. Um, yeah. Do you see a different line of, I see a pick 'em right now. For no, the pick Miami. 'em. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Total of 207. Let's check the injury report for this game for the Dallas Mavericks. Trey Burke is questionable. Tim Hardaway Jr. Continues to be out for the Dallas Mavericks for the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler is uh, officially questionable. Tyler Hero will be out for this game. Caleb Martin also questionable. A starting lineup right now for this. Uh, sorry, this um, Heat team is going to be Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, PJ Tucker and Bam Adebayo. Uh, let's start with the side here, Zach. Pick them, uh, for this game. What are you thinking, man?
1: I don't know. I mean, I I think, uh, with Miami at home, does it, does this feel wrong to you? This, uh, this, or I know actually J- Jimmy Butler popped up with it with, with a questionable tag for this yeah, game. Yeah,
0: that's the only caveat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is questionable. So that's obviously going to, going to determine things. Um, although I, I think I like Miami either way here. Um, Dallas, you have got that huge Luka performance, um, but uh, you know they, they they did lose. They dropped that last game to uh, the Clippers at home mm-hmm. um, at, in that in that back to back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, Miami, with or without Jimmy, they're used to playing with him. They're at home here. Um, they're finally kind of starting to get their whole group back together. So if, if it stays, at pick them without Jimmy. I will like Miami, but I, but if he does go, you're obviously going to get something closer to like four or five here.
0: Yeah. I, I think I like Miami as well in this game. And again, Miami against the point guard position has been pretty solid this season. Obviously you have a different animal coming in with Luca Dantage, but I think that they should be, they should able be able to at least kind of neutralize him or, or contain him a little bit here. And again, we've talked about this all season long that we like fading, you know, opposing point guard who are playing against Miami. I think that maybe Dallas is getting a little too much respect here and maybe Miami's not getting enough respect. And, um, yeah, this line kind of seems off. Um, I, I would buy this up to minus three, minus four. Minus, I would keep it within one possession. So if this number moves to two and a half, three outside of minus three, would maybe look the other way or keep it as no bet. Zach, uh, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, and nah, obviously this number is going to be – it's kind of like that that hardened situation we had uh, last time we broke down the, the Tuesday slate. Yeah. Um. So stay monitoring that. I mean, ho- hopefully uh, Jimmy does go. It should be a great game.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think if if Jimmy is in this dip, this line definitely going to be around minus two, minus two and a half. But uh, either way, I think we do like Miami in this game um, as well. I'm leaning towards under in this game, Zach, uh, at 207. I think that we kind of see a a defensive struggle here, kind of like a 95, 99, 193 type of game here uh, with these two teams, trying to see where they are, at least pace wise. over the past couple games here let me see if i can pull that up um as far as pace miami is number seven and dallas is all the way down at number 29 so kind of a clash of two styles here but you have any feel for the total here uh no not really all right uh let's get over to the next game of the night we have the charlotte hornets Headed to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves, where the Timberwolves are a six-point home favorite. A whopping total of 244 and a half points here, Zach. Uh, let's check the injury report for both of these teams. We know about Gordon Award, who's going to be out indefinitely. Um, yeah. Jalen McDaniels is uh, out for this game. He has a left ankle sprain. Cody Martin as well. Left ankle slash Achilles injury soreness for him. Don't see a report submitted for Minnesota yet, but I believe everybody was a go for them in their last game. Let's start with the side here first. Zach minus six for the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Yeah, and the the Hornets seem to have fallen off a little bit in the market. Uh, this Crazy. this does feel. Uh, I mean, I feel like Minnesota's team. I've been a little bit too low on maybe um, in terms of the, the betting numbers um, when they were, especially when out on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, without Gordon Hayward, um, I'll lean towards Minnesota here. Obviously, the super high total. I mean, I think you expect if this game does get up towards 244, um, I think this is kind of one of those Hornets outright or, or, or Timberwolves spread um, type of situations mm-hmm. where you know it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really get up there. A ton of threes, obviously. Uh, but I, I will go with Minnesota here, um, a team that continues to, to play good basketball, um, and the Hornets have started to slip a lot. Um, and then all the way down in the standings, and now you, you lose um, you lose Gordon Hayward. And yeah. there was a, a situation, I think, with uh, Lamella Ball kind of getting frustrated on the bench in that Grizzlies game where they got absolutely steamrolled out of the gates. Like um, So something to monitor in that Charlotte situation. I think they're kind of ready for the all-star break for sure, having gone through, what, a six-game losing streak, um, get that win against Detroit, but then get blown out again by the Grizzlies.
0: Yeah, right now, Minnesota is number 25 over the last five games and defensive rating at 118.2. Net rating is at three point, uh, plus, uh, 3.6 over the last five games. Um, for Charlotte, they've, yeah, like you mentioned, man, they've been struggling on the offensive side. And this team early on in the season was an auto bet towards the over for us, but they've really fallen off the cliff here. Their ratings all the way down to 107.9 offensively, um, number 25 in the entire league over the last five games. Um, I think Minnesota is, is the side here as well. I mean, they they've been playing some good basketball a lot of high scoring games for them, rightfully. So, I mean, when you have an offensive power uh, like Carl Anthony Towns on your roster and Anthony Edwards and Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell, and, and, you know, those guys that can knock down shots for you and they play at incredibly high pace. um, I agree with this. Let's go with a minus six here for the Timberwolves until I see something offensively uh, or a turnaround from the Charlotte Hornets. I don't think that's the team that you can back right now, Zach. But uh, thoughts on this total? Of, I think it's the highest of the season we've uh, we've seen between two teams.
1: Yeah, it probably is the highest of the season. I, I want to go over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Timberwolves minus. Let's go. Timberwolves minus six, and then uh, with and then to the over as well. Um, we could, we could parlay those and have a nice little fun. It's still gonna be a really fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely if you're a fan of points like I am, you're definitely going to be one of, uh, watching this game. Um, just quickly, over the last two games for Charlotte, the totals have been 227.5 against Detroit. That game ended up with 260 points. And then against Memphis, the total was 239.5, and that number uh, finished up at 243. And now they have Minnesota uh, on Tuesday night, like we mentioned. I- I'll stick with the over, man. I just can't, can't bet an under with uh, Minnesota right now or even Charlotte. I think this might be the game where they kind of find their stride offensively. Um, let's get over to the next game of the night. We have the Indiana Pacers headed to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks where the Bucks are a 13 point home favorite. Uh currently see a total of 232 and a half. Both of these teams are in action tonight. Uh the Indiana Pacers are hosting um I'm sorry, the Pacers are off tonight.
1: No, but the, the, I, the, the Pacers played yesterday, yeah.
0: Yeah, but Milwaukee does play tonight against Portland without Giannis, so I'm guessing they're holding Giannis out just because they are on a back-to-back here against the Pacers. Uh, let me check the back-to-back ATS numbers for both of these squads. Indiana Pacers, 6-3 and three against the spread, but again, the, the roster is completely different. Milwaukee, on a back-to-back situation, Zach, are 3-7 se- are and seven against the spread. Let's start with the side here. Um, and again, they haven't been a great team uh, covering the spread at home. They're 11-17 against the spread at home nine and 15 as home favorites uh let's start with the side minus 13 for the bucks hosting the indiana pacers
1: yeah it's gonna be a tall task for for the pacers um duarte i don't know if you mentioned this duarte's out for this game oh i didn't get um, to the
0: injury report for the pacers let me see
1: yeah can... i mean I, I i assume he's out he, yeah, did, he right. got hurt in, the, in, that, in that minnesota game yeah um i was i was definitely watching nba on super bowl sunday um, so yeah, Dwark, did he get hurt? I mean, the, the Pacers were like kind of, they have been kind of playing this fun, intriguing style. Um, they got up 45 threes in that game against Timberwolves that like you mentioned that had 249 points scored. Mm-hmm. Um, buddy healed, got up 19 shots, 13 threes. Um, so he's excited. And then Halliburton 16 assists. So I think they can be a fun team. Um, Milwaukee, I mean, I I definitely want to have some more information about how they perform tonight. I mean, it's kind of a nice little back-to-back for them. They should really expect to rack up two wins here. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially if Giannis isn't going tonight, you come back tomorrow. So I will lay the third team with Milwaukee, um, but definitely want some more information on this injury report. Um, Yeah. Duarte is out, so that that hurts for Indiana. Um, But, you know, we're going to see if Giannis does go or not.
0: Yeah, uh, Chris Duarte, like you mentioned, he is out. Uh, we know about Miles Turner, who's also going to be out for this game. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is questionable, like he has been for the past month or so. Um, the past like year or so, right? <laughs> yeah, I think this. I think we might see uh, Giannis go tomorrow night, just because we mentioned he's not playing tonight against the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. Just maybe, because they are in a back-to-back situation, probably holding him out for tomorrow night. But you're right. I think this is their two games for the Milwaukee Bucks. But let just go out and take care of business against two opponents. And I really do like the team total for the Bucs in this game against the Pacers because the Pacers defensively are not playing any defense. And over the last couple games here, uh, if we kind of take a, a look at Indiana, what they've given up, uh, 129 to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 120 to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 133 to the Atlanta Hawks. And we have an offensive juggernaut like the Milwaukee Bucks are. They should be probably be able to get whatever they want. Um, uh, on the offensive side. Not really a body they have, Zach, that's going to be able to stop Giannis. I mean, does anybody come to mind on this Pacers squad?
1: No, no. Yeah. Nobody nobody comes to mind on this Pacers squad, I think. <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be a tough matchup for Indiana. Um, but I think the offensively, they, they have some intrigue, you know, playing around Tyrese Halliburton. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm another game I'm looking forward to watching. This, this slate looks really, really good
0: yeah, 100 uh, percent. Any thoughts on the total here? I am leaning towards taking the Bucks team total, but I'm not sure if Indiana will be able to contribute to that over, but I think the Bucks team total is pretty solid in this game.: Yeah.: I'll, Contingent I'll, on I'll look to, I'll, playing.
1: Yeah, I'll take this over. I'll take, I'll take this over. I think Indiana, uh, if their three ball is falling at all, uh, you know Buddy Heels going to get them up. I, I think that they could contribute, and I like the matchup for Milwaukee offensively as well.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, man. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. We have the Memphis Grizzlies headed into uh, the Big Easy to take on the Pelicans, where the Grizzlies have opened up as a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite here, currently seeing a total of 226. The Pelicans are in action tonight against the uh, Toronto Raptors, so they will be on a back-to-back home-and-home situation. Um, Let me first get to the injury report for uh, the – uh, Memphis Grizzlies not yet one submitted for them, so definitely keep an eye out for that tomorrow. ATS numbers on back-to-back situations for the New Orleans Pelicans: they are five and five against the spread, six and four to the under. Uh, but let's start with the side here, Zach uh, minus two and a half for the Memphis Grizzlies visiting the New Orleans Pelicans.
1: Yeah, and you know I've been I've been a Pelicans person. Um, long before the CJ trade this year, but this number does feel a little short to me. I mean, Memphis is, to me, is a team that, this is the kind of matchup where they go in, they're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, we're we're better than this team. We're going to go out. And they get get the two nights of rest they played on Saturday. Uh, Didn't play yesterday. Don't play today. Right before the all-star break. I mean, they, Memphis, like, is no longer the flavor of the month team because they, like, surprise us early and now we're moving on to talk about other teams like they're still really good they're still killing teams their second in net rating over the last 10 games behind boston um, so they continue to play well it's a good matchup for them um and you know especially with jaw's ability to just absolutely blow by devon Graham and cj mccollum i mean what perimeter defensive resistance is there going to be for jaw from from new orleans um so i think that memphis gets off in this game and you know at only two and a half i mean this is the kind of game where like when we saw Phoenix and Utah going into New Orleans, they were favored by like eight and a half um, or like nine in those games. Uh, and obviously you do get CJ, but to me Memphis is a team that I really trust against the spread in the regular season. And um, to only be laying two and a half here, it's, that's one possession. Um, I think that they go in and get this done uh, potentially a blow. I mean, we'll see what Toronto, what new Orleans does against like Toronto. It's another tough matchup for them. Yeah. They, they were fully healthy against San Antonio lost that game by 10, a team they're competing with in the play. And I mean, that was kind of a disappointing loss for them. I gave them, you know, they lose to the heat in that first game. Obviously it's tough integrating CJ, that kind of thing. I think they had some injuries in that game as well. Lose by 15, but then to turn on lose to the Spurs, not favored tonight, not favored tomorrow. So early returns are going to be tough for that CJ trade. Um, but I I like Memphis here a lot, and they are uh, right there with Atlanta for my potential
0: locks for the slate. Yeah, these two teams did match up earlier this season on November thirteenth, where um, I believe the Pelicans won that game 112-101, But completely different conversation about three months later here, where you know Memphis we've talked about a lot this season. Are one of the better, or one of the best ATS teams in the entire league. Actually, they are number one at thirty-nine and nineteen um, against the spread. Uh, twenty-one and eight uh, on the road so far this season. Eight and two, Zach, as road favorites uh, against the spread this season so far. And again, yeah. like you talked about, you know, I went back and looked at over the last ten games. The Memphis Grizzlies are averaging hundred and twenty-one points per game in their over their last ten games here. So. You know, we, we talked about this Pelicans defense. I think they've gotten worse, and um, I didn't think that was possible. I think we're going to see that uh, what Toronto does against them offensively tonight. Being a bad, uh, I think the, the big thing here is the rest of the advantage, like you mentioned, right? Because Memphis hasn't played since Saturday. Pelicans on a back to back yeah. situation, and we like kind of taking advantage of those situations, especially on the short number. Um, obviously, this line is going to move what's your buy price up for uh Memphis uh after what five six maybe what's your number
1: yeah I would say at, at Memphis minus four and a half uh, I'm less enthusiastic and okay. Memphis minus five I'm not taking it
0: okay there we go um as far as the total here Zach 226 I did mention that I do love the Memphis Grizzlies team total in this game um, but any thoughts on the um, on the on the total here of 226.
1: Yeah, I'll go over. I think both teams have a chance to get off offensively.
0: All right. Let's get over to the last game of the night. We have the Los Angeles Clippers headed to Arizona to take on the Phoenix Suns. The Suns currently on win bet have opened up as a 12 and a half point home, sorry, home favorite. Uh total of two twenty and a half. Let's get to the injury report. Nothing yet submitted for either one of these teams. Um, the Clippers do play tonight against the Golden State Warriors on their home floor so they will be traveling after this game to arizona um looking at the ats numbers on back-to-back situations for the clippers so far this season zach they are three and six against the number um four four and one on the total so not much there um phoenix on the other hand they absolutely have been dominating opponents but let's start with the side here zach minus 12 and a half for the phoenix suns hosting the clippers
1: Yeah, doesn't this kind of feel like a game where where the Suns just go on national TV and just flex their muscle and and kill the Clippers?
0: Just took the words right out of my mouth. They're going to flex their muscle in this game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming off, you blow out Milwaukee. First of all, they get back from the road trip where they were just like amazing and they continue to be this amazing team that they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Come back from the road trip, blow out Milwaukee by, what, 24, blow out Orlando by 27. Clippers have been uh, hanging on here. Um, but, you know, you you have Norman Powell out of the lineup um, and no injuries for the Suns. I think it's all systems go and they win this game by 20.
0: Yeah, again, let, just like the previous game we talked about with Memphis, um, rest advantage here for the Phoenix Suns as well. Two full days off the uh, Los Angeles Clippers on back to back situations. And, and I said this this morning on the uh, NBA Gaming Pod that they're just kind of blowing opponents out. Like, it's nothing. I mean, for them to go out and beat Milwaukee, obviously, you know, they were going to get up for that game with the NBA Finals, you know, revenge factor and the rematch there. Like you said, took care of business against the Orlando Magic. Um, Over their last 10 games here, Zach, uh, for the um, Phoenix Suns, they are averaging close to 119 points per game. I think this is a game where, you know, I think offensively, the Phoenix Suns are going to get whatever they want. Um, And, again, the Clippers are dealing with some injuries. Norman Powell, I know, is not playing tonight, as well as Luke Kennard is questionable for the Clippers. So those are two key guys as well to kind of say for this Clippers team. But I agree with you. Minus 12.5 here for the uh, Phoenix Suns against the Clippers. Uh, any thoughts on this total of
1: 222.5? Uh, let's go over because I think the Suns are going to score – You know, 130 in this game. Yeah,
0: I think that this is a game where, you know, we'll see at least 120 plus from the Phoenix Suns getting to that range of 125, 130. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there 100%. That is going to be the last game of the Tuesday night schedule. Uh, Zach, let's do this, buddy. We'll come, we'll take a break, we'll come back, and then we will make our picks of our lock and dog for the Tuesday night schedule. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. There are never enough things to gamble on and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at Stableduel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. Ross brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The Bengals defy the odds this season by reaching the Super Bowl, but Cincinnati betters fell one game short unless you were one of the smart bettors who sold on PropSwap. PropSwappers made huge profits last week when they sold their Bengals Super Bowl tickets. Like Tim from Ohio who sold his $100 40 to 1 Bengals ticket for $1500 on PropSwap. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most amount of money for your bets. Hurry and download the free bet the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And last but not least, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into our lock and dog for the night, Zach. I'm going to give you the floor first, buddy. Uh, what is your lock and dog for this Tuesday night schedule?
1: I am. I'm between Atlanta, Memphis, and Phoenix. Um, I'll tell you what I, I normally wouldn't do. Wouldn't take a 12 and a half point favor. I'm going to go with Phoenix as my lock. Okay. That way, I can use Atlanta as my dog. All right. So let's Um, see here. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's it, I guess. I mean, I like Memphis a lot too, but we don't, there's no, there's no tease here. I I, I was thinking of football.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, okay. So for Zach, he's going to take the Phoenix Suns minus 12 and a half as your log against the Clippers. Uh, Zach, do you have a buy up price uh, for the Phoenix Suns there um, where you would maybe avoid it after a certain number?
1: Uh, yeah, a 14. I would, I would avoid it. Okay. So anything after outside of 14.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. So, uh, minus 14 is up the buy price for the Phoenix suns against the Clippers. And then your dog, you have the Atlanta Hawks who are currently right now as of Monday evening are a two point home underdog as well as plus plus one fifteen on the money line. And I think for that game, we said around what two and a half. If that flips to as a favorite.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I I would guess that uh, I I would guess the Hawks
0: close a favorite or pick. Yeah, game. I think so, too. I think that probably may be a minus one point favorite. But as of right now, they are underdogs on the opening line. All right, there we go. So for Zach, again, minus 12 and a half for the Suns as his log buy price up to minus 14. And then for the Atlanta Hawks as his dog uh, right now, they're a two point underdog. And I think the buy price up to minus two and a half for the Atlanta Hawks Um, for my best but I am going to go with the – uh man, I want to take the bucks, but I don't want to lay that many. I'll, I'll take Memphis here, uh, minus a two-and-a-half okay. against – I think we both love this, especially with the rest advantage that they have. Um, again, the Pelicans are in a back-to-back situation here. Um, and, again, rest advantage, like I mentioned, for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies who are playing great basketball. They get up for these Western Conference opponents, so I think they'll go into NOLA tomorrow and take care of business um for my dog uh let's see here hmm not much on the menu i agree with you about the atlanta hawks um no i don't like charlotte if not pacers don't just picked against them um yeah i think we're gonna have to go have a uh double lock on the dog here uh zach i got the hawks as well so um i'll go atlanta hawks with you as well man um Plus the two, I think, again, our buy price is up to plus, My sorry, minus two. But currently they are plus 115 on the money line as of Monday evening. So there are our picks. And I think a bonus one I will throw out that I did uh, was considering was Miami also. But again, the Jimmy Butler uh, questionable tag is kind of keeping me off of that. But definitely uh, wait for the injury report as of tomorrow morning. And then uh, throughout the day when these uh, injuries are kind of sorted out uh, as the news kind of comes out from Uh, the coaching staffs and this respective teams. Uh, That is going to be it for the Tuesday edition of the NBA gambling podcast. Zach, anything else you want to get off your chest here before we get out of here, man?
1: No, it should be a a great uh, few more days of games and then uh, the all-star break. And then we come back with the, with the final sprint to the playoffs. So pumped up.
0: Yeah, 100%. We have about 25 to 27 games left you know, per team here. We're getting into the all-star break, and then it's, for some of these teams, it's time for balls to the walls. so they're going to make the playoff push, and we'll start seeing some of these other teams start kind of uh, tanking slash fading away uh, as they try to fight for this de- draft position. But with that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday edition of the NBA Gambling podcast. Uh, again, make sure to get in to the NBA Jersey giveaway, courtesy of the NBA Gambling Podcast. The cutoff is Wednesday night. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Screenshot it and tweet it at NBA. If you don't screenshot it, we're not going to see it. Um, so make sure you screenshot it and send a tweet at NBA for that NBA jersey giveaway. You can find Zach on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Is that right? Yeah. There we go. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to head over to the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, for all of the picks and all the pods across all the sports that we are covering. Um, if it's out there and there's odds on it, I'm pretty sure that the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is covering it. With that being said, guys, good luck with your bets this week. Last but not least, let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, getting, getting, getting the ball because I'm going to go get it. Basketball, getting, getting, getting the ball because I'm going to